MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Save 50% off of v all-access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and score on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today, and you'll also get our daily best bets email, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video plus our all-new College Bowl betting guide that has insight for every single bowl game, just $39 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Alongside the Super Bowl champ, Sean King, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Excited to welcome in Adam Chernoff, Covers.com. Um, and we were talking a little bit, Adam, in the break, just about how tough it is right now to bet on any of these games in the NFL because of the way that things are changing so much with COVID-19 and the outbreaks. How would you describe what your process has been over these last couple of days as you try to find a good spot on these games? Well, you're right about it being tough. And how about Mitch and Polly dodging the bullet, getting the whole week off? I know. Leaving you guys to it. (laughs) Sometimes. Um, Honestly, it's like not a lot has changed until the new protocols came out, which was Monday morning. And so what we've seen now is when news breaks, We're used to sort of this over the last year and a half, like sort of just immediate movement and things going crazy and it being sort of a race to beat the move because we knew what the status of most players that were put on the COVID list would be for that game. Now the NFL has changed it to where we're going to see a lot more vaccinated, asymptomatic players on the field. 
And so what books are doing is they don't necessarily know. And so now rather than it being a race to beat the line move, it's a race to beat the game going off of the board. And so yesterday we saw whatever it was, five or six teams come with sort of these initial outbreaks, however you're going to call it. And now we're seeing this morning at a lot of major sports books, all of these games are currently off the board and unavailable for betting because there's such an increased likelihood that a lot of these guys are going to be on the field. So it's changed this week really for the first time since the 2020 season started. And now it's kind of a lot of uncertainty. You know, the market is kind of forcing the better to pivot. You know, you're having to make decisions on the fly. You're trying to evaluate in a, a new, on a new playing field. All you can do is try and acquire more and more information. When you look back on last night's two games, is there anything that jumps out that maybe you can use moving forward if these situations continue to pop up? Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably tough for the people that are listening that have jobs and are not doing this like a lot of us are. We're sitting in front of a screen all day with an odds feed and we can we have accessibility to it. But like it's and it's probably most people listening, to be honest. But like you can act on the information you get about 20 to 30 seconds because sports books don't know either. This is all breaking news that comes from Twitter or other feeds when it comes to COVID and how things are moving. Yesterday with Baker Mayfield, a perfect example. That was about a five-point move. And again, with a lot of sports books, there was, there was 20 to 30 seconds where it was a race and you could have got it. And a lot of books move quicker than others, but you can find slow-moving books with some of this news where if you're in front of a, your phone or a computer or you have time and something breaks, you can get ahead of it. Uh, there's books that are slower to move. So it's really, it's just a big race right now uh, after some of this news breaks to try to get down, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. And that's exactly the situation we're seeing with Washington tonight. The yep. 1 p.m. hour is the key hour to monitor both the status of Heineke and Allen. If they both test negative, that 1 p.m. cutoff is the deadline for which they could return. And so they're going to be facilitating the tests uh, between 12.45 and 1 p.m. And it's a rapid test. So, I mean, it's, it's 8 to 15 minutes. And there's going to be an announcement right around 1 p.m. Eastern. And that's going to move the market. Because right now we're at 6.5, trending back towards 7. On Friday, when the news broke initially about Heineke being added to the list, this number was up to 11 and a half mm -hmm. shortly after the news. So if both of them are unable to play tonight, we're going to see this number go back because it's probably going to be Garrett Gilbert and this number is going to move. So again, it's going to be one of those 20 to 30 second windows sometime right around 1 p.m. Eastern where we get the results for these quarterbacks and people are either going to get ahead or they're going to get stuck, at which point it becomes sort of a guessing game to if the number's right or not. Keep, keep your Adam Schefter notifications right, right. on, right? <laughs> put, it on, put it on alert. Adam Chernoff, Covers.com product manager here on Follow the Money with Stormy and Sean filling in for the guys this morning. I have a question for you. To the untrained eye, I think it went unnoticed that all four offenses struggled mightily in the red zone. You know, one of the byproducts, in my opinion, of guys being on the COVID list is that they're not practicing. And because situational football is so heavenly practice during the week leading up to a contest. I think the offenses are out of kilter. Does that impact how you're going to play totals moving forward in this environment? I think that's generally a byproduct, too, of, of everything you just mentioned, but also how a lot of the defenses across the league are adjusting. We're seeing a lot of teams 
sit in sort of two deep looks for between the 20s. And then when it gets inside the red zone, we're seeing defenses really tighten up, space become really congested for these offenses to work. And so not only is there all of these changes with COVID and, and roster movements and everything causing exactly what you're mentioning, but just defenses are handling offenses in a much different way than we've seen in seasons past. And we're seeing this reflected everywhere throughout the betting market. Last year, obviously a, a bit of an unusual situation, no fans, but we were seeing the average total in the NFL at about 49 and a half points. This season, it's down nearly a full field goal, the 46 and a half. And just before we came on the air, I was looking at the few games that are still available on the board and there's only one game that's currently up for betting that has a total higher than 46 and a half, and that's in the Arizona. All the other games are mid to low 40s. So it's, it's really a shift across the entire league with everything going on, as well as how defenses are playing a lot of offenses in a much different way. And we're just seeing totals much lower than we've seen them in the last few seasons past. So um, it's, it's impacting every total that's being bet, really. As we look ahead to some of the more specific games coming here in week 16, I know a lot of the action, as you said, is off the board right now, but is there one game that you liked a number at already um, that if and when it does come back on the board, you're hoping it stays around that same frame so that you can get in on it? So I've played three games. Two are widely available for betting, and one is off right now. The other two have moved since I bet, but the one that would still be available that's currently available for betting right now would be the Patriots at two and a half, which I think is a bet at anything less than three. The Kendrick Bourne COVID edition and what that might turn into maybe has a, a few people hesitating, but uh, I look at this game compared to the matchup that they played a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football. And, and like, I get that Belichick obviously didn't show any of his passing plays. And Mac Jones and the passing game for New England has actually been more efficient from a number standpoint the entire season than the running game. But to me, the edge that New England had in that first game against this Bills defense that is a run-funnel defense, it's still there in this game. That's not going away. And so while the sort of talking points around this game is Bill didn't show anything in the passing game, now New England can throw, Buffalo doesn't know what they're expecting, I, I, great, but we have to, like, this is a Bills team that anytime they've played a physical ground game all season, they've been absolutely torched. New England beat them up in the wind. Indianapolis ran all over them. Tennessee ran all over them. Uh, it's a spot where New England can, can employ a very similar game plan and have as much success. But again, they're going to be able to pass in this game. Conditions nowhere close to what they were on that Monday night football game. And we're seeing a Bills secondary that really has only been tested once since they lost Tredavious White. But this is a spot where I, I think New England has a lot of success offensively again. And I, the number at less than three to me uh, is still going to be short. So I, I was pretty happy to bet New England again at a number that was a little bit where, where I bet it initially right after open on Sunday night. Just a touch short, I think, because of what we saw from the week prior. The Bills get the big win against Carolina. New England loses to Indianapolis. And so that kind of kept this number uh, below the field goal because this was absolutely going to be moving that direction and still might. So uh, I was happy to bet New England and still would take it at two and a half right now. What would be your advice to the early bettors, the guys that sit – the people that sit, look for the early lines to come out. 
and attack certain lines. With the COVID uncertainty, are you adjusting that strategy or are you still firing away early in the week and you'll just make adjustments if adjustments are needed? Still firing. I mean, COVID goes both ways. You're going to get games where you're ahead of it and you get massive value on the number that ultimately closes. Um, Las Vegas, perfect example. Uh, yesterday night when, when he was looking at that number that was almost a field goal the other way, and there were very strong positions from professionals before any of the COVID news broke at six and six and a half. And so there was plenty of opportunity to take advantage of a line there that was much too high, but it goes both ways. The early market, Sunday night, Monday morning, that is when the majority of bettors should be making their bets because that's when there's usually the most uncertainty in the price, not just because of COVID, but because we're still trying to figure out what the actual number is as people bet it. And that's when uh, a better should be taking advantage. If you're betting game day in the NFL, it is incredibly difficult at the very highest level to have any success. And if you're just someone doing this for fun and you're, you're betting 50, 100, 200 bucks a game, whatever it might be, uh, you have no chance to win on game day. So the earlier you bet, the better in, in every circumstance, regardless of COVID or not. Adam, we really, really appreciate your insight. Thank Good you. Stuff, yeah, that was great. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy the week and trying to make sense of everything going on. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Thank you. You too, pal. Uh, that's Adam Chernoff, uh, product manager, rather, at Covers.com. Really good insight on how to approach these games right now with all of the COVID-19 testing deadlines. Sometimes that early number, like we saw with Vegas, like you said, plus six. If you got the minus three last night, you weren't too pleased. No, no not too happy at all. No, but that's. How she goes sometimes. When we come back, we're going to recap Sean's in-pocket plays from yesterday. Stay with us and follow the money. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it. Take it. Take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. Nope. 10 to 1. You're up. Time to brag on it. Sean King got some in-pocket plays yesterday that had some success. Tell us about them. Yeah, I took the unders. I took the unders. I took the unders. I just think the lack of practice time for these guys on the COVID list, especially on offense, really impacts a team's ability to be productive and efficient in the red zone. And add in this analytical factor where coaches are a lot more aggressive, not settling for settling for field goals. Just FYI, guys, it's hard to pick up fourth downs as they're finding out. But I'm playing these games to stay under their listed totals. And I'm going to approach tonight the same way, especially if Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen can't play and it's Garrett Gilbert for Washington. And I'm watching very closely. It's Tyler Higbee, the Rams' big-time tight end, and Tyler Lockett, the Seahawks' big-time wide receiver, are going to not be available. If that's the case, probably leaning under in both games tonight as well. Yeah, and that's the way I'm thinking, too. So maybe those are both of our in-pocket yeah, plays. Yeah, brilliant minds think alike. Sometimes, sometimes, remember, in-pocket is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials posted afternoon Eastern at BetRivers.com. Yeah, so we both like the under today. We were talking about just how challenging it is to – figure out situationally what we want to do in a lot of these games with all the COVID-19 concerns. And the books are thinking the same way because they have taken all of the fun props 
that I know I really love to get in on off of the board. All they have available is first touchdown score and anytime touchdown score. So um, let's start here with the Washington football team and Philadelphia Eagles. Um, is there any, rather anytime touchdown or first touchdown score that stands out to you as a possibility here? Mm. I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. I had that bolded on my sheet, too. Yes. I want to go Jalen Hurts. I just think the game means a lot to him, not just for Philly and their playoff chances, but for him in trying to solidify that he's the quarterback of the present and of the future for the Eagles. So I think he's going to really turn to where he's more comfortable, which is, you know, being evasive, utilizing his athletic ability, especially when we get in the red zone. And so I'm going Jalen Hurts. So I know a lot of the hesitancy with others is going to be the high ankle sprain, obviously, on that left ankle. Um, South Hall Antonio told us it's been, what, 24 days now right. since he last played a game, so there's expected to be a little bit of rust. But sometimes when you get in those situations, he's going to be him, right? You and, expect that if he's going to be put in the game, he's not going to be put on a leash of some sort. And, and when you haven't played, like, things are just – Zoom, 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 zoom. Like they're moving so fast. I mean, you're in the huddle. Hey, blast, why, blast, why punch right? F count them seven to crisscross. Why swing X out of heart to heart to? And everybody's looking at you like, what are you talking about? And like, so when you, when you, when you, oh, <laughs> the wow. adrenaline's going right, to be there. You know, you, you almost can't throw the ball. So you run it. And, you know, then he'll calm down and, you know, he'll be eyes up. Mm -hmm. Hey, blast, why punch right? F counter motion, seven to crisscross. Why swing? X out. I'm going to hard count this. We get any kind of field pressure, I'm going to go 98 bunch crunch. If I think I'm getting something from the weak side, guys, be prepared for 200 jet smoke. So that's the difference between, like, a veteran quarterback yeah. and a rookie who just, he's spinning it out. And Jalen's still young. So in that youth, you end up running the football a lot more than you should. And so I'm going to go Jalen okay. with the anytime touchdown. I like spider 2 Y banana a little more than the bunch crunch. That's just <laughs> me personally. Spider-2-Y um, <laughs> banana. Uh, Jalen Hurts, by the way, eight rushing touchdowns on the year. He had three of them in that game against the Saints prior to a game prior to his injury. Um, I like him to get mobile as well. Plus 850 for first touchdown. And he's plus 170 anytime. Another one I like. And again, a lot of times I relate these to my fantasy team because I like am willing the success into reality. Um, Antonio Gibson plus 650 first touchdown um, for the Washington football team plus 115 anytime. He obviously struggled last week a lot. Uh, season low, 41 yards for him, untimely fumble, just one touchdown in the last four games. Um, and I think that he's going to want to rebound in a big way. And this could be an opportunity for and him. And I think that takes on a lot of value if it's Garrett Gilbert. Because I yes. can see Ron Rivera not wanting Garrett to make mistakes, being conservative. You know, Gibson has proven that he's an elite back when he's healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's uh, Heineke, then I think the Terry McLaurin, 14-1 to yeah. first, uh, for the first touchdown and plus 235 or any time touchdown has a lot more value because those guys are going to get more – of a scope of yep. plays, you know, when you get in the scoring area. So and this is another reminder, too, as we've been talking about throughout the course of the last couple hours. Keep an eye on the 12 Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern time slot when all of this news we're expecting mm -hmm. to come out because that deadline is 1 p.m. Eastern to find out who will be in and who will be out with regards to COVID-19. Um, and you're going to want to be able to get in on some of those prop <laughs> markets if it's of interest at the better number. Um, let's move ahead to Seahawks at Rams. We already know Rams touchdown favorites despite their COVID concerns because the most important 
position on the field isn't impacted with Matt Stafford there for the Rams, which means let's see if Matty's going to air it out. And if he does, who's he going to? I'm going Odell Beckham. You know, he's caught three t- a touchdown in each of the last three games. I'm going Odell Beckham Jr. to score a touchdown tonight. I think there's some some value there. You know, of course, you you like Cooper Cup, but you basically mm-hmm. are pigeonholed in the the first touchdown option. You yeah, know. you don't want to go right. minus one thirty for any time right. touchdown. So I I think that's that's good value on Odell. Yeah, I agree. He did score the first touchdown last game. Also, is seven to one. He's eight to one um, in this one. Jefferson. There's your boy Rashad Penny. You got to put a little play on I him. First I'm touchdown, gonna... anytime TD, you got to. I think I'm going to. Two touchdowns last week, 137 yards, I believe. So plus 245 for an anytime touchdown. Why not feed my boy the rock? Especially Absolutely. if Collins is out, right? Yeah. Like, that's my thought process is, again, just wait until you find the information. Learn as much information as you can. And then get in on the market ASAP. I'm telling you, turn your notifications on. That's what the people got to do. That's what you got to do. Twitter's becoming a real place. It, I think it was always a real place, was it not? No, it's not a real place. It's not a real place? No, it's fantasy land. <laughs> yeah. You have to tell people that because it affects some people in different ways. Like, I always tell Twitter's not a real place. It's just a form that you can communicate through if you want to. But, you know, you can turn Twitter off. I don't know why people are so mean on Twitter. That's my problem because it could be such a force for so good. I've figured out the formula. You follow me on Twitter, so you see people always are full of hatred. You've got to come up with a sarcastic kindness. Like, don't get blocked, kind sir. (laughs) (laughs) So you kind of like put like some sarcasm on it. it. So right, so it's not vitriol coming from you because if you're spewing malice, hate, vitriol, then it's hard to then criticize others. But you have to come up with these creative ways to check people and. You know, not create an enemy. Because my dad always said, why dig a ditch when you can build a bridge? I like that. sometimes people are just looking for attention. And they just don't know how to go about getting it. So I entertain the masses on Twitter. I have fun when I'm on there. but Sometimes you got to pop back, right? Every now and then. But with kind kind sir. Right. That's right. You put that on the end. Yeah. Uh, While uh, we're on an NFC West matchup, might as well talk about the division a little bit. Arizona could drop into a tie for first with the Rams after their loss with the Lions if L.A. beats Seattle tonight. Um, Arizona does hold the division record tiebreaker edge, but Cardinals minus 182 to win it, Rams plus 170, and I think there's a chance at plus money. Rams could sneak in there, right? I think if the Rams sneak in, it's more because the Cardinals have folded than it's the Rams have become the best team in the division. I would agree with that. You know, I still think the Rams are fraudulent. I think they have some major, major deficiencies. And I'm just of the belief. What are they? So why do you think that they're fraudulent? I think you can line up and run the football against them. I don't think they're big and stout enough on that front seven to really defend a, a elite level NFL run game. I also think offensively they're front runners. You know, I think if you hit them in the mouth and you make them play behind, like Stafford still has a lot to prove to me about what level of quality he is. Mm-hmm. I know from a production standpoint, if you just look at yards passing and all of that, right, he, he's accomplished. But when it matters the most, the pressure's the highest, the stress level is the most intense. I still have major question marks about does he play his best football yeah. in those moments. What kind of 
is odd to me about Matt Stafford is I feel like when he was with Detroit, which was obviously a horrible team, he was able to mount those comebacks. He was able to get himself out of a lot of things late in games. But with L.A., I haven't seen that as much, especially when they were on that three-game skid and it was pick six each game, multiple interceptions. Well, uh, like, he couldn't work his way back out of it. Here's the hard thing when you play for a bad organization. Association breeds assimilation. Whatever environment you're in, you take on the characteristics and attributes of that environment. So it, the same applies to winning and losing. You are in an organization that's losing all the time. Sometimes you become immune to the the sting of losing. And so now you go to Los Angeles, you have all of these expectations. I think emotionally and psychologically, Matthew's still adjusting. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm fascinated to see him down the stretch and as they get in the playoffs. Can his talent manifest itself into playoff production? Yeah, because there was a time where we were talking about MVP Matt Stafford. He still is relatively high up there on the odds board. Um Aaron Rodgers, by the way, your odds on favorite I'm right close now. Close my dictionary. That's a lot of big words. You did you're so fancy. Jeez. We'll see if Dirk Cutter, who joins us on the other end of this, can handle that. I don't know. You got a lot of heat coming off you. Stay with us and follow the money. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. The college bowl season's kicked off, and VSEN's got you covered with our all new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help. You make your best bets, whether you're betting on each game or you just want to find a few key high-value props. The VEASAN College Bowl Betting Guide can help give you that edge. Get your digital copy today for $19.99 at VEASAN.com slash bowl game. Stormy Tony, alongside Sean King with you here on Follow the Money. And perfect segue as we welcome in our next guest, Dirk Cutter, who's won a number of bowl games in his NCAA coaching career. Also a longtime offensive coordinator and NFL head coach. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Yeah, good morning. I know that you and Sean have a little bromance, longtime friends, so I'm just going to be the third <laughs> wheel out here on the side, Sean. No, nah, you're, you're the leader <laughs> of the show. Uh, appreciate you coming on, Dirk. Let's talk about uh, tonight's game, Rams. Raheem Morris, a guy you know very well. You know, he has some great toys. Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. But that defense thus far has not been dominant. How long do you think it'll take Raheem and that Rams defense to, to really find their groove? Oh boy, that uh, you know it seems like right now the finding a groove is difficult based on just uh, how many guys are out. You know uh, the Rams are one of the teams have been hit hard with that COVID list, and then mm-hmm. that makes your practices tough, your meetings tough, and just you know who's available. That's uh, that, I think that's one of the things that you look at the Chiefs and how well they're playing on defense right now, and uh, you know, teams that haven't been hit, haven't been hit quite as bad, they got a lot better chance of, of coming together faster. How in 2020 did you guys deal with this? Because, you know, right now it's we've gone the entire season without really having an issue, and all of a sudden these things are, are creeping up again. How do you address those things in a locker room with your team to be ready for a game? Well, it's it's all dictated by the league. You know, the I think they the word for it was enha- enhanced protocols and you know at the Falcons we were even after Raheem took over for Dan Quinn we were extremely strict with the uh, protocols and that's uh, that included virtual meetings uh, masks in the building you know uh, only a certain number of players allowed in the weight room uh, 
no no meals together in the cafeteria. I mean, they were just very, very careful. And I think, you know, this year uh, the league thought they were they were past that somewhat. And now I think they're they're getting back into those in enhanced protocols. But, uh, you know, I'm not an expert on it. They're saying that this this latest virus is is much more uh, it's, it's much easier to catch. It spreads much faster. And so I think that's what we've seen is the teams that have gotten a couple guys that uh, contracted the virus, then it's it's kind of spread quickly. You know, Dirk, the obvious is not having the guy available on game day. But talk me through what was the most difficult part of not being able to have the guys in the building that were on the COVID list, not be available for practice. How hard was it to really install the different situational aspects, whether it be third down or, or red zone? How did you guys try and overcome that so that you could still operate efficiently on game day? Yeah, it's weird. The weirdest thing about that, Sean, is you're, you know, as a coach, you're standing in a, in a meeting room and you're used to having, you know, 25 or 30 offensive players in that meeting room as you go through the install. And instead you're, you're, in a, you're standing in a meeting room by yourself, maybe with one video guy in there with you. And, you know, they've got you set up on a camera and you've still got your, your tape and your PowerPoint presentation up on the big screen, but all the players are, are just logged on virtually on their, on their laptops and you know it's like anything else not being able to to look at a guy when you're when you're given uh, specific coaching points to the wide receivers for example you want to you want to look those guys in the face and you want to see you know it's a lot easier when you're standing up there to tell hey is he getting this when you can see his facial expression or you can see if a guy's taking notes when when they're when they're virtual you don't even know if a guy's paying attention he might be asleep i mean it's it's just a weird, weird feeling when you've done it, you know, a certain way for many years. And, uh, and then just the loss of practice time, uh, you know, you're having to rely a lot more on walkthroughs. Uh, it, it's, it really is amazing that in 2020, no games were missed. And it's getting kind of scary right now, you know, with uh, the NBA is missing some games, the NHL is missing some games and, uh, you know, no one wants to miss games, but it, it's, it is getting kind of scary. Yeah, no doubt. I was laughing about the Zoom calls, though. He's like, oh, I turned my camera off. Mute. Sorry, coach. Uh, well, especially for rookies, right. that's got to be so tough, too, that you don't really get to know them the way that you would want to early on. I wanted to ask you, as we shift away a little bit from the COVID conversation, about Chris Godwin, a guy I know you coached, done for the season, unfortunately, for the Buccaneers this year. But can you just talk a little bit about what a special player he is and what that loss might mean for Tampa Bay moving forward? Yeah, that, I saw that. I saw the hit uh, on Sunday, and then when I saw that come across the wire yesterday that he was out for the year with the ACL, I was crushed. I immediately sent him a text because Chris Godwin is – he is what every team wants, man. That, that guy, not only is he a superstar talent – but you, when you watch the games, he's willing to do the dirty work that some guys won't do. You know, every every team in the NFL runs that double team play, hand the ball off to the tight end side, and somebody, some wideout's got to come down and block that force player. And Chris Godwin does it as well as any wide receiver in the league. And you know, he's had he's had just an awesome start to his career, and it's so sad for him because here he is in his contract year 
where, you know, he's getting ready to cash in. And I, I'm sure he still will to some extent. Uh, but, you know, to, to have an ACL and I, I think he's, I think he's the heart and soul of that team. They've, they've got a lot of good players on that team. Uh, obviously we, we don't need to name them all, but I, I think, I think Chris Godwin is the guy that, that uh, makes them run. And I think that's going to be a big loss for Tampa. You know, Dirk, as we stay in the NFC, it's the last couple weeks of the season. And, you know, if I had to ask you this question in week four, I think you might have had one answer and another answer in week 10 because it's kind of been a roller coaster, you know, with every organization. But right now, based on what you've seen, in your opinion, who are the top teams in the NFC? And who do you think's built right now, whether it be because of injury, quarterback play, whatever, to, to go and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I think right now the team that's just – looks pretty good to me and they've got everything you just talked about is green Bay. Uh, you know, they, they just got off to that horrible start in week one. And I think everyone kind of forgot how good Aaron Rodgers is. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got the running game. They've got the receivers, their defense is playing pretty well. And, you know, just like that game the other day with the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens opt to go for two opt to go for two at the end of the game instead of tying the game and leaving any time left for Aaron Rodgers with the chance to go win it with a field goal. And I know there was, you know, when I was in the league, there was, there was two quarterbacks in the NFC that we always felt that way about. That was Rodgers and Breeze, that you just can't leave them any time at the end of the game or they're going to go down and score no matter, no matter what. So I, I think the Packers are, are the team right now that uh, everybody's, everybody's got to look out for. I mean, I, I would have said the Bucks up until last week and that boy, they, they just got new Orleans did a heck of a job on defense. And then they had some, had all those injuries. So I think that's a, that's a little bit on hold right now. You know, I was going to ask you about the AFC coach, but I cannot let you get out of this segment without talking about some of the decisions that coaches are saying are based on analytics. Where do you stand as far as taking uh, kicking field goals as opposed to going for it fourth down early in the games. When do analytics matter? When do you go with your gut? Like, like what's your take on where a, a good middle ground should be? Yeah, that that's uh, such a hot topic right now because, you know, uh, the analytics gurus can put out their reports and, you know, the fans can see them and everybody – Every, everybody's got that buzzword of analytics. I mean, analytics have been around forever. Uh, I think coaches are, are using them more and more, and you definitely get reports based on who you're playing. And uh, it, it, the science of it all makes sense. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things there. But, you know, the, the things that, you know, the coaches are the ones that this is their, their jobs on the line. And, you know, you just uh, Ravens are a perfect example. They've gone for two twice this year uh, to win to win games at the end instead of kicking an extra point to go to overtime. And the analytics have said, yeah, that's the, that's a good decision. But they've lost both games. So, you know, there's just such a fine line. Uh, I think the easiest one is going for fourth down. You know, going for it on fourth down when you're around the 50. But I do think. I do think your, your coach's gut decision has to come into play, uh, especially in the kicking game. You know, what's the weather like? How, how's my kicking situation? A lot, lot of things there. No doubt. Thank you so much for appreciate the time. We coach. really appreciate you coming on.
All right, guys, have a great one. You too, and happy holidays. That's Dirk Cutter, former NFL head coach, just retired last year after 39 years as a coach, so wealth of knowledge. Really, really great stuff from him. When we come back, we'll have our guy Rich Gannon, former NFL MVP on the program. Talk a little bit of Raiders as well. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. 
like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. Their city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. You can subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Alongside Sean King, I'm Stormy Bonantoni, filling in for Mitch and Polly today here at our recent studio at Circus Sportsbook as we welcome in. Rich Gannon, longtime NFL quarterback, league MVP. Today you see him on NFL Monday QB on CBS Sports Network, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, and you hear him on Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88. Host and analyst, welcome, Rich. Do you do enough jobs? I don't know. I don't know if you do enough. <laughs> I, it's great to be with you guys, Stormy. Sean, it's good, good to be with you guys. I'm happy that you guys are there in Vegas uh, this morning after a big Raider win. Yeah, well, that's exactly where we got to go here first, right? How critical was it for them to pull off that 16-14 win against the Browns, given how depleted they were and the comeback that they mounted there late? Yeah, you know, look, you can make all the excuses in the world. The fact that the Browns were depleted, they hit without 20 starters and without both quarterbacks, without their head coach. But the reality of it is that the Raiders, I thought, were put at a disadvantage as well. I mean, they were getting ready to board those buses on Thursday head to the airport only to find out that the game was postponed. So, you know, they were healthy. They were ready to play. And uh, despite, you know, the challenges, they went out there and found a way to get a W. But I, w- I would tell you that, you know, it wasn't the prettiest of wins, but still a win is a win in this business. And uh, I think the Raiders, you know, they've got to find find a way to, to finish this season out the right way. I mean, they, they, if they can win these next three games, they put themselves in a great position, but, you know, they, they can't have another collapse. They've lost five of the last six games prior to the win last night. And as we were talking prior to the, to the start of the show, I mean, third straight year, the Raiders get off to a good start and stumble down the stretch. There's something that, that, that's, that's not quite right, and that's I'm, I'm really curious to see what they can do, how strong they can finish here the next three weeks. You know what's interesting is you lose your head coach. You lose both first-round picks from two years ago. You lose the best offensive player on the team, Darren Waller. Uh, if you would have said all this was going to happen before the season and the Raiders would be 7-7 seven and seven, mm-hmm. with a chance to potentially make the playoffs if they can finish strong, a lot of people would have said, okay, but we understand the world as we it currently exists, Rich, and it's, it's not good enough. So I'm going to make you the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. Miss, make the playoffs. That doesn't matter. At the end of the year, what do you do at head coach and GM? And then when you bring those two people in, do you give them the autonomy to decide what to do with the current quarterback, Derek Carr? Well, I think a lot of it, Sean, it's a great question. I think a lot of it depends upon what happens these next three weeks. I mean, if they're somehow able to, to run the table and to get into the postseason and, and start, you know, and win a postseason game, I think that changes a lot of things. Quite frankly, I think Rich Basach has done a pretty nice job in considering the circumstances. He's kept this team together. Uh, they continue to go out and fight and play hard. Uh, you know, the, the results haven't been quite what they expected. So I think 
I think Mark Davis has to sit there and continue to evaluate, look around, see what's available, and then make those decisions. I, I don't know what Derek's contract situation is in terms of what that cap hit would look like, but, you know, he, he, I give the guy credit. I mean, you mentioned it. You know, you're without – you know, losing losing Waller, not having Waller and losing Ruggs is a huge blow. They're, they're two of the most explosive dynamic players the Traders had on offense. So, not having those two players puts a ton of stress on the quarterback. And what people don't understand about Derek Carr is I, I think he may do more at the line of scrimmage than any quarterback in football. I mean, they give him so much on his platter. He's changing plays. He's changing protections. He's got three or four concepts that they're trying to get to, and he gets them to the best play possible based on the front coverage. You know that, Sean, from right. playing the position. But I would just simply say that, you know, this is an important three weeks for him as well. I mean, I think everyone in that building, is being evaluated, including Mike Mayock, including the coaching staff. And I think Mark Davis has some tough decisions to make because they've got to get this thing right. I mean, they, they can't keep getting off to these good starts and then just struggling down the stretch. I mean, they were five and two at one point. They were in great shape. And then, you know, and I always say good teams don't lose two in a row, let alone three in a row. They went through a stretch where they lost five of six games. And you got to say to yourself, like, what's going on there? Is it coaching? Is it players? Is it leadership? Is it toughness? And I don't have those answers because I'm not in the building every day, but I know that I'm certain that Mark Davis is taking a look and trying to figure that out. Well, and so like you said, with all that, they are still in the thick of it trying to make that playoff push at 7-7. Seven and seven. Their next three opponents are Denver, Indy, and the Chargers. Despite everything that they've been through, um, despite that stretch of, what was it, losing five of their, of their last seven games, um, do you think that they do have a shot at really making the playoffs this year? Could they do it? I do. I do. I think they're getting Denver at the right time. I think there's a good chance that Teddy Bridgewater doesn't play. This and they are Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater is a, as a player that the team believes they can win with. Uh, Bridgewater's taken really good care of the football where Drew Locke has been careless. He turns it over. He's got a history of doing that. So I think that bodes well for the Raiders. In terms of the, the last two teams, I mean, they're going to be more difficult. The Colts are playing really well right now. They've got a good defense. Uh, you know, they've got a Jonathan Taylor may wind up being the NFL MVP this year. He's had that type of season for the Colts and Carson Wentz say what you want about Carson Wentz. He's done a good job of taking care of the football. He doesn't, he doesn't create a lot of turnovers. So they're going to be a tough out. And I would say the Chargers will as well. That Justin Herbert is kind of the X factor. He's, he's a special player at the position, although their defense is certainly susceptible to, to big plays and to points. So, look, you know, the, the Raiders can't look ahead. They've got, a, they've got the Broncos this week. It's going to be an important game, obviously. There's a lot of, on the line. It's, kind of, it's a playoff game. The, the, the good thing about this for the Raiders, they don't have to wait for the postseason. The postseason's already arrived. Every game from here on out <laughs> is a playoff game. You know, uh, switching gears just a little bit, you, you brought up the MVP conversation with Jonathan Taylor. Probably on the outside looking in, going into last week, you would think that Tom Brady was – the runaway front runner, uh, but after the Saints came in, did a great job, held the Bucks scoreless. In your opinion, right now, give me your top three, four guys for NFL MVP. You know, I still think Brady's in the conversation uh, when you look what he's doing at 44 years of age, I think, and you look at look at his numbers. Uh, you know, I think heading into last week's game, he was leading the league in yards, attempts, completions. Uh, I think he was right up there with touchdowns as well. So, I mean, I think that certainly garners some attention. I mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I've had my eye on him all season. I, I think he's just a really good back, especially with Derrick Henry out of the mix. The other, the other, the other obvious choice is Aaron Rodgers. Guys, he's thrown 30 touchdowns and just four interceptions. Now his touchdown interception interception ratio, not just this year, 
even going back to the start of last year, quite frankly, over the last five years, no one's even close to him. I mean, the guy just doesn't make mistakes, Sean. You know how hard that is at the quarterback position. He, right. He's he's phenomenal. And not only that, but you know, he's completing 68% of his passes. His team is, you know, the best, you know, arguably the best team in football right now. So certainly the reigning NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers, is a guy that's going to uh, certainly merit some consideration when you consider what they have left on their schedule. Yeah, see if he can go back to back. I am a little bit glad, though, I got that flyer out on Aaron Rodgers at 6-1. to one. I wish I could have got a better number, but still better than him being the odds-on favorite now. Um, you won the NFL MVP at 37, played till you were 39. When you see Tom Brady, as you said, at 44 years old, doing the things that he's doing, what does that what does that say to you about him as a player? Well, it says a lot. It says a lot about his his mental fortitude, his toughness, uh, his preparation. I mean, he's as good as there is at, at taking care of himself physically. Uh, you, you know, if you sat down and you visit with him, he'd tell you that he's a much stronger player than he was when he was in his twenties, mid twenties. And I agree, he's done a lot of things differently. I, I think he's been innovative when it comes to. Uh, lengthening the muscle, and, and he's got a soft tissue specialist. And these guys spend a lot of money, guys, on on their bodies. You know, they have they have acupuncturists, they have, they have soft tissue tissue specialists, they have strength and conditioning coaches, they have speed coaches, uh, they've got chiropractors. I mean, they have a whole team that work with them in the off season to get them physically, mentally ready for for an NFL season. And, and to be doing what he's doing at 44 years of age, I mean, it is pretty pretty amazing. And you know, he's got his team in a position again, and that's all you can ask for. But uh, they're, they're not playing as well as a team as they did at this point last year. I think part of it is is, is obviously they had some injuries last week uh, at the receiver position and a running back. We're not a, a big part of the passing game as well, but their defense hasn't been as dominant. And I, I think if they can get healthy, Get some of those players back for the postseason. Keep an eye on the Bucks because they can make another run. You know, Rich, you're exactly right because Tom Brady and Drew Brees were the first two NFL players that I know that went into the comprehensive program as far as mental training, you know, doing yoga, all these other different things. And you know what? You're right. Brady's getting older because he's real ornery, cussing out the opposing sideline, oh. throwing, Breaking throwing the surface, his iPad. <laughs> hey, before we let you go, Rich, we got about 30 seconds left. When we get to L.A., who will be the two teams in that game? You know, I would have to say I think the NFC Championship game will come down to the Packers and Bucks again. I, I just have a sense of that. You know, I mean, I wouldn't count out the Patriots or the Colts. Um, you know, in the AFC, uh, and also the Chiefs. I mean, I think you look at how their defense is playing right now. Patrick Mahomes has cut back on the interceptions, but to me, those are the teams. I, I'm going to go with Chiefs. And I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with the Packers. Chiefs and Packers. Right. Super Bowl. You're the man. LA, be there. Thank you so <laughs> much. Big great fun. Thanks, guys. Again, that's Rich Gannon, former NFL MVP. That's going to do it for Sean King. I'm Stormy Bonantone. My Join NFL us again. MVP. <laughs> yes, sir. Join us again on Follow the Money tomorrow morning. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.